Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here with us this morning. Uh, if you are visiting with us for the first time, we'd like to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew. If you'll just take one and fill it out, you'll drop it in the offering plate as that comes by. Uh, several announcements to share this morning. First, uh, the beautiful flowers that are on our offering table are given in loving memory of Thomas Gaines Conley and George William Riddle by Jerry and Judith Nance. Today is the deadline to turn in your money for our Experiencing God study. If you would like to get a workbook, um, adult workbooks are $15 and then youth workbooks, workbooks are $13. Um, you are more than welcome to write all that on the same check. We just ask that you put on the memo line what you're getting um, so that we'll know you need one youth book and two adults or whatever it is that you need. Um, and you can put those checks in the offering plates as well. So just make sure you get that money to us if you have signed up to do that study. 2019 contribution statements can be found um, in the mailboxes in the little kitchen. Uh, if you feel that you have contributed but you do not find a statement there for you, um, if you will contact Gail Hickman um, and they can get that worked out for you. Our Super Bowl canned food drive has begun. Uh, baskets are in the atrium. So if you will place your non-perishable food items uh, in the basket of the team you would like to win, we would be so grateful for that. Uh, donations will be distributed amongst Spread of Life, CUOC, and the Food Pantry at CCCC, whether, uh, wherever there's the greatest need. A packing party is planned for Operation Bandana this Wednesday in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, if you will look in your bulletin, you will see a detailed announcement with um, everything you need to know, what that is about, and then what times that will be taking place. Um, but if you can fold, if you can write, if you can zip a Ziploc bag, then we need you, okay? Uh, the third annual Flat Springs Women's Retreat will be February 7th and 8th, so that is coming up very quickly. Uh, it's not too late to sign up. The sign-up sheet is in the atrium, and the cost for that is $20. Next Saturday, we will be going to Jelly Beans for a family skate night. Uh, we'll plan to meet at Jelly Beans on Buck Jones Road, um, and then skating will be available from 5.15 until 7 p.m. It's free for anybody that would like to come. Um, we just simply ask that your youth and children are attended by an adult. Don't just drop them off, please. In way of prayer requests, uh, we do have one prayer request. We would like for you to continue praying for Anthony Harrington. Uh, he remains a patient at UNC. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this Sunday morning that we are able to gather in your house, Lord. God, we're excited um, as we're about to take part and witness in the baptism of these that are coming forth, God, saying that they want you to be the Lord of their lives. God, we rejoice with them and we come alongside them as their church family. And I pray that we would be a good church family to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
We gather at this time as a place of worship, as a church, as a body of believers. Many of us, all of us who are members of this church, have been in this pool or one like it. We have proclaimed our faith publicly. We have committed our life to Jesus Christ and called him Lord and Savior. And we have said we would testify to that by publicly walking down into the baptismal waters and literally joining ourselves to the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord. In just a moment, for four times, you'll see four people buried in this water. And four times, you'll see them come up, come up out of this water as Jesus came up out of the grave. It is a powerful testimony that the resurrection still has power, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ still changes hearts and lives, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is still the hope for this world. It is said when our Lord was baptized, that when he came up out of the water, that the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and lit upon his shoulder. And a voice from heaven was heard saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. If you'll listen with your spirit's ear, you'll hear that voice four times. Upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and in obedience to his command, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. ahead of ourselves. Later. Upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior and in obedience to his command, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Reagan, upon 
upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and in obedience to his command, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and in obedience to his command, I now baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the people said, Amen. Heavenly Father, we have disturbed these waters and been reminded. Heavenly Father, would you disturb our spirit that we would remember our commitments, our dedication. And Heavenly Father, would you draw us all because what our world needs more than ever is you, O oh Lord. And it needs the church to stand strong. Thank you for these four, for these life commitments, for these eternal commitments that they have made this day. Help us to walk the walk together in Christ's holy name. Amen. And let us continue worshiping by singing one of the hardest ones in the book to find, hymn number two, Holy, Holy, Holy. Let's stand as we sing, please.
us pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day, uh, welcoming new Christian family, those that were baptized. We have a responsibility to them, Lord, now, and welcome them to our fold. Praise your name. And Lord, to take these offerings for your glory and use them as you see fit, as we also pray for those who are in need, Lord, who are hurting, who are sick around the world, and bless this country, and bless us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. standing turn to 224 uh, we're going to do this one twice we're going to repeat it
All right. We like to be as close to Ms. Taylor as possible, which is fine, but we just got a book. That's okay. All right. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. There's such a big group here. I'm so excited. So I have this book that I want to read to you guys, um, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, okay, after I read it. So it's called, Where Do I Find Jesus? It says, guess what, Emma said excitedly to her new neighbor, Abby. We're going somewhere really awesome tonight. Would you like to come with us? You'll love it, added Emma's brother, Liam. It's so cool. You have to go down a giant slide to get in. Like a water park, Abby asked. Not quite, said Emma and Liam together. See, so they're getting ready to go. And they see the giant slide. Okay. Where do you think, what do you do at this super cool place, Abby asked. Well, we sing. So it's a concert? Nope, not a concert. Not a concert, okay. We make things at this place, too, Emma added, and we listen to great stories, and we always have snacks. Stories and snacks? Kind of like a bedtime and picnic all rolled into one. I'm in, Abby said. Can I bring my best friend the Bible? Yes, the twins said in unison, all Bibles on board. See you later tonight, then, Abby said. Bye, Emma. Bye, Liam. Bye, Wilson and Charlie. Okay. So they're all getting ready to leave. When it was time to leave, the twins' mom called up the stairs. Come on, Emma. Time to go, Liam. Hop in the car. We'll pick up Abby on the way. We're coming, Liam said, taking the stairs two at a time. So where are we going? I can't wait, said Abby after she joined the twins in the car. It's kids' club at church, said Emma and Liam together. You're going to love it, and there's so much to learn. Did you bring your best friend? Ta-da, Abby said, holding her Bible in the air. Ta-da, Liam, Adam, Liam added, sorry. Then it, looked like we're, then it looks like we're all ready for this special place. Kids Club rocks. Look, Emma cried, there's the slide. Come on, Abby. At the end of the slide, Liam introduced Abby to their kids' club teacher, Miss Spencer. This is Abby. She just moved here from America. <coughs> Lovely to meet you, Abby, Miss Spencer said. America is all the way across the ocean from Scotland, Liam added. And it's where they eat hamburgers. And pies, too, Emma announced. Well, that sounds like a delicious place, Miss Spencer said. We're glad to have you, Abby. See, they slid down the giant slide because apparently they do that at church in Scotland. After singing and snacks and lesson time, the kids gathered around Miss Spencer. So class, what did you learn from tonight's Bible story about Zacchaeus climbing a tree to see Jesus? Several children shouted at once, I know, hands in the air please, sometimes we have to go looking for Jesus. Well, that's certainly what Zacchaeus did, Miss Spencer said with a smile. And if you look for him, you'll find him. Okay. Did you have a good time, Abby? Emma asked on the way home from church. Did you, Liam added. I did, Abby said. I liked it a lot. You seem a bit quiet, Emma noticed. I'm just thinking, Abby said. I'm so glad you enjoyed Kids Club, Abby. 
Emma and Liam's mom said. I loved it, Abby said, but then you got very quiet. She's thinking, Liam, do you think it's too late for, to look for Jesus tonight? What do you mean? You said in class that if you look for him, you'll find him. You just didn't say where to start. So they're looking for Jesus. So where do I find Jesus? I know he's in your secret cupboard under the stairs, Abby called as she ran toward the hallway. Let's check, Liam said, winking at Emma. Abby peeked into the cupboard. No, he's not there. I don't see him. Not in the cupboard. Is he in the attic on the porch checking the mail? Hmm, where could he be? The treehouse. Of course, maybe I need to climb a tree to find Jesus, just like Zacchaeus did in the Bible. All the way up here, and I still can't see Jesus, Abby said sadly. Maybe I'll never find him. Oh, yes, you will, Emma said. But where can I look, asked Abby. You don't have to look anywhere, Emma replied. But what do you mean? How else do I find him? Let's go inside for some hot chocolate. We'll tell you about how you can end your search. Here's the not-so-secret secret, Abby. Jesus will come to you. Just ask him to live in your heart. Yep, I asked him to do that when I was six, Emma added. I prayed a little prayer, and now he's with me wherever I go. Wow, really? What did you say, asked Abby. Well, I asked him to forgive me for any wrongdoings I'd done. I did too, and I told him that I believed he is God's son, Liam said. Yes, and I thanked him for loving me, Emma said. And I asked him to help me to live for him. I also asked if our soccer team could win, but that didn't go so well, Liam smiled. Would you like to pray a prayer like that, Abby, the twins' mom asked. I would, Abby said. If you want, I could pray and you could repeat after me. I would like that, Abby said. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I want to love you too. Please forgive me for the bad things I've done. Thank you that you died and rose again and that I don't have to look for you in a tree. You're right here in my heart, now and forever. Amen. So this morning, boys and girls, the people that were in that baptistry, they found Jesus right? Where did they find Jesus? Where did they in find him? Heart. In their heart. That's right. They found Jesus in their heart. And it says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this morning, those four that were up there, they said that they believed that. They believed that Jesus is Lord, and they confessed that they're sinners and that they wanted to be saved and that they wanted him to come and live in their heart. That's why they did that. That's why they got in there in that water to show us that that was a decision that they had made and that they had found Jesus, and that's so exciting. If you guys ever want to talk to me about how you can find Jesus too and ask him to live in your heart, I would be so, so glad to do that. Okay? Yes, sir. You did, and sometimes we ask Jesus into our heart and we tell other people about it, right? Because it's so exciting when we do that. Yes, ma'am. Oh, 
I'm sorry. Okay, Lila, last one. Yes, ma'am. That was your mom and dad that went up there and got baptized, and we were so, so proud of them and so excited, and you too, Bo. All right, guys, we're going to say a prayer together, okay? Yes, there's still water in there. It takes time for it to drain out. It takes a long time to fill up. It's a lot bigger than a bathtub. We'll have to check it out sometime, okay? Yeah, like three bathtubs. Together. Yes. Okay, we will talk about it. Okay, we're fading fast. We're going to pray, okay? All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these children, Lord. God, I thank you for their questions. I thank you for their curiosity. God, I pray that all of them would look to find Jesus and that they would be able to find him in their heart. God, we just thank you so much for the privilege that it is for us to be able to witness what we saw this morning for the baptism for those four that made that decision. And God, I pray that we would just be their biggest supporters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'll be reading from 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. <laughs> this is the message we heard from Christ, and we are reporting to you, God is light, and there isn't any darkness in him. If we say we have a relationship with God and yet live in the dark, we're lying. We aren't being truthful, but if we live in the light in the same way that God is in the light, we have a relationship with each other. And the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us from every sin. If we say we aren't sinful, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. God is faithful and reliable. If we confess our sins, he forgives them and cleanses us from everything we've done wrong. If we say we have never sinned, we turn God into a liar, and his word is not in us. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we have gathered in this place to worship you in spirit and in truth. We have heard the message proclaimed four times that we should make our profession of faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. That he who knew no sin took our sin. He who was holy allowed holes in his hands and his feet and in his side. And the blood that poured out from there washed away all our sins. Heavenly Father, May those holy holes be on our mind today. May we hear with spirit ears 
who you would speak to clearly today to change there forever. And may those of us who have experienced your grace and your forgiveness, if we have been careless with that grace and that forgiveness, if we have been neglectful in that faith, then speak to us. He who hath an ear, may we hear what your spirit says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, choir. What a tremendous truth. The Lord is indeed holy. Today, that's what we're going to chat about. Think of how you use that word holy and where you use it. We call this book the Holy Bible. At least in higher circles, we call baptism, holy baptism. We call communion, holy communion. There are only two places in the Bible where the term holy, holy, holy is used. It's used in the text we're going to read today in Isaiah, and it's also found in the book of Revelation. It's used to be an emphasis. There are other places where the three, the use of the word three times talks about its intensity. It's interesting that there's nowhere in the Bible that it says God is love, 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 or God is power, 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 or God is sovereign, sovereign, sovereign. In fact, there's only one time his attribute is mentioned with such emphasis. Holy, holy, holy. Our closing hymn is page 238. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. I wonder today, when's the last time we've experienced holy? I have a theory. I've prayed about it. I've tested it every way I know to test it. And I am more convinced than ever before the major problem in the world today is that we've lost holy. And the solution for the world's problems today are for us to rediscover holy. So here's what I want to tell you. I believe that most of us think what we do, what we say, in the bigger scope of the world really doesn't matter. Who are we? Just deep riverings, right? What kind of influence do we have? What kind of difference can we make? But let me suggest to you that probably very few of us could look at a world's map today and find without some great effort, the little city of Nazareth. And we might be hard-pressed to find the ancient city of Tarsus. But there are two men that came from those two towns. Jesus of Nazareth. And the Apostle Paul, known as Saul of Tarsus. One was holy, Jesus. And the other was gripped by the power of his holiness, Paul. 
I would suggest those two men changed the world. And I would suggest to us today, with no ego at all, that the power of God unto salvation is a solution to the world's problem. I don't offer that as a simplistic overstatement of the complicated nature of the problems that we face. I simply proclaim that by faith that that is God's plan, that is God's will, that is God's way. It worked then, it works now. And now I want to bring it down to where it touches our lives. It can change our families, holy can. It can change our families, holy can. Our text is found in the book of Isaiah. The sixth chapter. It's the story of the great theophany of the prophet Isaiah in a time when a good king has died and things were about to go bad because of the political climate of the world. And Isaiah, the great prophet, saw something we need to see. He experienced something you and I need to experience. It's found, we're going to read my goodness, let's just read the first eight chapter, uh, eight verses, eight chapters. That'd be a while, wouldn't it? <laughs> let's read the first eight verses. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. If you're able, let me invite you to stand. And as you do so, you honor the reading of God's holy word. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, being Isaiah, saw the Lord... High, sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. We'd call them angels or divine creatures. Each had six wings, and with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. You know what he saw was extraordinary. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hands a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt mm -mm -mm, is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then the prophet Isaiah said, then I said, here am I, send me. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his most holy word. Would you pray with me? God, would you speak to us clearly for just a moment or two this morning that we might understand your holiness 
your power, your desire to have a relationship with us. Our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This is my favorite sermon I preach almost every year, and I hate to preach it. It bothers me. It worries me. It aggravates me. It frustrates me. It challenges me. I could ask the question, and because of guilt and because of the climate and the, the makeup of our congregation, you'd all have to say amen. So I won't do it publicly, but were I to ask how many of us believe this Bible is the Holy Word of God? Because that matters. Because you got to have a start point somewhere, right? You've got to have a pace from which you begin. And if we believe that God's word is holy, as I do, then it is the perfect place. In fact, I would argue it is the only place from which we can gain the head knowledge to allow the Holy Spirit to then work in our hearts to make a difference. Now let me tell you what I'd like to do. This is confessional, okay? Confession is good for the soul, someone said. I'd like to just stand up here and hammer on sins. I mean just start naming them. And more than likely, if you weren't committing one of those sins, you'd be saying, amen, preacher, preach on Amen. Give it to them. Go ahead. And then when it got to that one that maybe each of us could find our one or two or three or ten or twenty or fifty, we might grow strangely silent. The amens might not roll off our tongue quite so quickly. And I want to tell you, if I thought it would work, I'd do it. I ain't scared, okay? But here's what I believe. It's not within my power to convict anyone of their sins. That's the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Now, if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you're a sinner, then I would love for you to set an appointment with me. And let's have a discussion. But I'm guessing that all of us, at least on an intellectual level, would say, oh, yes, we're all sinners. We know that. Nobody's perfect. We know that. Everybody's sin. We understand that. But so what? 
If everybody does it, it can't be too bad. Amen? I'm glad you didn't say amen right there. Everybody does it, so that should be, mean it's okay. If everybody's a sinner and nobody can get beyond their sin, then what's the big deal about sin? I'm glad you asked. Because I want to suggest today that the big deal about sin is because the God we serve is holy. Now, when you begin to think of the attributes of God, we think of the omnis, right? He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. Boy, those are good words, right? I haven't heard Taylor use those in the children's sermon. And probably if some of us were here really being honest and said, what did the preacher just say? What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Omnipresent means God is everywhere at all times. His omniscience means he's all-knowing. His omnipotence means he's all-powerful. Those are all attributes you nor I possess. Thank God. Most of us can wrap our minds around somewhat some of that. God had to be all-powerful to be the creator. He has to be all-knowing for his world to stay in order. He has to be all-present. That's the one that I struggle with. How can he be everywhere? How can he be hearing every prayer? How can, if you right now were to whisper a prayer to God, how can he listen to it while he has his eye on every worship service of every Christian church throughout the land? How can that be? I got good news. I don't know. (laughs) He's God. I can't. If if you want me to explain to you the omnis, I can't do it. Just have to believe them. But boy, they make sense to me on some level. And then I've come to that attribute of God of which I am the least like. That is his holiness. When God created this world, He created it over and over again. He said, it is good. In Genesis, over and over again in in the passages, as you read Genesis 1, he'll say, after the first day it was good, or or the second day it was good, at six days, it's good, it's good. And then after he's got it all done, after the end of the very sixth day, he says, it's very good. (laughs) It's very good. What in the world? You see, when God created this earth, he created as a reflection of himself. We know that, right? We understand that, that when God created this world, there was no death, there was no sickness, there was no heartaches. My goodness, there were no briars. I'd love that, you know. There were no weeds. I'm not sure about mosquitoes. I'll have to ask God about when they came along. But it was perfect. The Bible tells us it will be again. Isaiah chapter 11 says the wolf will dwell with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion, and the fatted calf will be together and a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young shall lie down together, the lion will eat straw like an ox, the nursing child will play over the cobra's den. 
They shall not hurt nor destroy in all, verse 9 of Isaiah chapter 11 says, in all my holy mountain. Holy mountain. Holy mountain. The earth was made. It was good. Why? Because there was no sin. And because there was no sin, there was no evil. And because there was no evil, there was no worries. When you get over to Revelation, he tells us again that when he sees a new heaven and earth, I love when he begins to say in verse 4 of chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, as he's restored the earth, I want you to hear what he says. I saw the holy city in verse 2, New Jerusalem coming down, holy city coming down. He says, I'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Be no more tears. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. So let me ask you. Do you know what the opposite of holiness is? It's our sinfulness. Yours and mine. We live in a culture that says live and let live. And it makes sense to me that that would be a wonderful way forward except, except for the holiness of God. I want to suggest that the reason one cannot follow the path of this world and the path of God is because they are so diametrically different. What is the path of this world? It tells us that we should do what we want to do. Seek pleasure in things that make you happy. Ends justify means. The real purpose in life is to acquire as much stuff and as many fun experiences as you can. Your life is based on how much you can get and how much you can enjoy and how much you can see and how much you can experience. And the Bible says that's a lie. The Bible says that's a lie. You didn't hear me. The Bible says that's a lie. Say, now wait a minute. Everybody's doing that. That's, that, that. that's what we're about. That's, haven't you watched any TV preacher? Have you seen any commercials? They tell me, if you really want to have joy in your life, you really want to have fun in your life, if you really want to experience life, if you want to be fulfilled in life, then come to our resort. Use our product. Come do what we're doing. Follow us. And you know what God said? If any man will find his life, let him lose it. You want to follow Christ? What a powerful experience we just experienced with those baptisms. You see... The fundamental truth is the reason that Mike and Laura and Layla and Reagan were baptized today was simply because their sin separated them from the holy, almighty God forever and for always. And what they did right there in that baptistry was to proclaim a message to each one of us is that God fixed that forever. God just fixed that forever. 
God just took care of that issue forever. Why do you have to be baptized? Because baptism proclaims the truth that the church says against the world, stands in, in stark opposition to the world. It talks about death, burial, and resurrection. And the world talks about avoiding pain, avoiding everything you can that's wrong. Don't do anything that doesn't fit what you consider to be this crazy model of enjoyment. And what Mike and Laura and Layla and Reagan just did was proclaimed that they were participating in the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the holiness of God. Peter tells us in Acts chapter 3, that he was speaking to the crowd after they had healed this lame man and they were all interested. Sometimes we're not always interested, you and I. I wish we were, my goodness. I wish our spiritual attention, uh, attention span could be longer. But too often we only want to hear from God when there's some great need in our life. They just had seen this man in Acts chapter 3 who couldn't walk for all his life, suddenly stand up and leap. And then Peter said this to them, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you, talking about Israel, delivered over and denied him in the presence of Pilate. And when he decided to release him, but you denied the holy and righteous one, Jesus, and asked for a murderer. And he granted it. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this were his witnesses. You know, when I read that verse, it bothers me. I want to tell you why. It bothers me. It bothers me. Because too often I crucify Christ and his holiness in my life. The Apostle Paul said it this way, the good things I know I should do, I sometimes don't do them. And the things I know I shouldn't do, too often those are the things I do. His holiness I want us to understand this single attribute of God because it is the problem that the world has. When Adam and Eve were struggling in the, in the garden, they just had one opportunity to mess up that I can understand. That was to eat from one tree among how many trees? I don't know how many trees were in the garden. My guess is thousands. One they were forbidden to eat. So what did they do? Just like Gary, they ate, that, they ate that fruit. David could have chosen from all the women in Israel and not sinned against God. But he chose Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and sinned against God. Samson was told by God to keep one secret, just one secret, 
Not to let anyone know where the source of his strength was. But when Delilah and the world seduced him, the strong man, because of his disobedience, became weak. The rich young ruler came to Christ and he asked the right question of the right person and he got the right answer, an invitation to become a disciple. I pointed this out before. The, the exact words that Jesus says to the rich young ruler when he told him to go and sell all that you have and come follow me is exactly the same invitation he gave to all the disciples, all the apostles. He offered the rich young ruler an apostleship. He said, come, be a part of my inner band. And the Bible says the young man went away sorrowfully for he had much. And I ask God to forgive me when he offers me the riches of his holiness. And I say, oh, Lord, look at my stuff. I like my stuff. Where do we look for holy? We look up. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. There's a country song a few years ago. You may know it. You may know it by heart. It's a catchy tune. I've got friends in low places where the whiskey flows and the blue and the beer chases my blues away. It'll be okay. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. God forgive me when I look low in my own strength in my own understanding, in my own ways, or in the ways of this world. How do you see holy? You focus. Look at the detail that Isaiah gives us in this text of what all he saw. It's easy to be distracted. You know what Satan's saying right now in this moment? Just be distracted. You'll be out of here in just a minute. It'll be okay. It's so easy to be distracted. What's distracting us from seeing holy? How many of us know that if we were to make some changes that line up with God's word in our heart and in our life, it would change our life, it would change our family, it would change our community, it would change our frame of reference, it would change this church, it would change everything. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to do that. I'm going to invite you to come and, and give those, those areas of your life to God. And really, I'm just trying to be the voice of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's God asking you. I believe it's going to be God asking us. Would you make those changes? Would you stop being distracted for just a moment? How do you hear, holy? You choose what you're listening for. Isaiah heard the angels cry, holy, holy, holy. What's drowning out the holy in our lives? James 3.11 asked this very pointed question and you know the answer immediately does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh water and salt water or polluted water and we know the answer right no <laughs> it doesn't can you and I spew out holy and unholy I think not are we listening for holy? Will we hear God when he gives us that direction? The world will give us direction and we must choose. 
The world says, listen to our, mass, our message, be happy. And the message of God is, be holy. And they're not the same. But one has a temporary fix, the other eternal. Happy is temporary. Holy is eternal. What evidence is there when you know you've seen and heard from holy, from a holy God, from his holy word? You respond. Hebrews 12.10 says, For they disciplined, talking about parents, they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But, the, but he, speaking of God, disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. 1 Peter 1 says, beginning in verse 14, as obedient children, obedient children, obedient children. How many of us want to have obedient children? How many of us want to be obedient children? As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, this world. But as he called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it's written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Jesus said as he ended the Sermon on the Mount, Be ye therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. I ask us this question at the beginning and I'll end with this question now. Can we change the world, you and I? Can we, deep riverings, change the world? Yes. We can. We can, you and I. Let me say it a different way. Not us, but God in us. Homes don't break up when they're centered on God. But it's easy for even godly homes to become distracted. Distracted from holy. Drowned out by the world. It's easy. It's easy for it to happen. Today, my question is, you believe God's holy? You believe we just shared in holy baptism? You believe this book is the holy word of God. How's your holy? How's your holy? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to apologize to you, oh God, for making a mess of this message. I just, I just can't make holy come real. I so desire to do that, Lord. I, I so desire for people to understand that when we catch a glimpse of holy, it'll change our home. And Lord, I think there's probably many people here today who would like to have their home changed. And I just haven't done a good enough job, Lord, to make them believe that it's really your holiness, you being the Lord of their home. 
You being the Lord of their life. You being in charge of their decisions. You changing their priorities. I just have failed you, Lord. And I'm sorry. If you grant me life, I'll be back next Sunday and I'll try again. But, oh God, in this moment, if there's someone here today in an unholy place, an unholy desire, an unholy relationship, an unholy anything, oh God, my prayer would be, Lord, they would invite your Holy Spirit to fall fresh on them. Lord, fall fresh on me. Fall fresh on me. Oh, God. Fall fresh with your holiness. Lord, may we, be ha may we have courage this day to make decisions. For you, O oh God, that are holy. We're going to sing a hymn that's going to invite your Holy Spirit to breathe on us. Lord, may we see your face as we sing this hymn. And may we respond to you in Jesus' name. Our hymn is page 238, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. I don't know what God may say, be saying. I don't know where God may be challenging. I don't know where right now the Holy Spirit may be quickening your spirit. You may feel his power and his presence in a very life-changing way right now. And the Lord's saying, come, make that decision. Make that decision. Make that change. Make that change. Make that change. It'll change everything. As the Lord speaks, may we respond as we stand together.
I'm going to ask our baptismal candidates to come forward real quick and stand right here. We have a deacon family ministry, and we've got one deacon that just hit the jackpot this time. He's got them all this time, and so uh, I'm going to ask him to come and present their baptismal certificates. We're so proud of you. Thank you. You can go back to your seats and you don't even have to sit. Just go back to where you were and we're fixing to leave. And I know some of you already looked at the watch and said, Preacher, we need to. So <laughs> we're about to. If you haven't signed up for the will of God study, I wish you would. I have been praying and I, and I just, I feel the Holy Spirit has impressed upon me that if we will do this study together, he will show us some things we need to see. The sign-up, I don't know, somebody got the sign-up. I hope it's back out there. But if you're planning to come, just let me know. If it's not out there, let me know. We've got over 50 that have signed up, and thank you. Uh, but we do need those books because we're going to, the money for those books because we're going to order them tomorrow. So if you could, uh, as Taylor instructed, 15 for adult and 13 for children, we would appreciate your help there. Those doors are open and that sun is shining bright. But that sun can be a lie. There are dark clouds out there too. And there are storms that will come. My goodness, in June, July, August, September, we'll be talking about hurricanes. So don't get sucked in by that sun. You see that? white shawl on that cross that represents the sun you put your faith and your trust there and you'll be okay and now as we leave this place may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his holy people in the midst of all his people pray with God, go with us from here. As we walk out into the blessings of the world you've created, may we share the greatest blessing. Your Son, our Savior. In His name we pray. Amen. Amen.